You are listening to Redefining Rural, a podcast dedicated to celebrating, elevating, and changing the way we think about rural education in the state of Colorado and beyond. Hey everybody, welcome back. I think this is the first time in a long time that Kirk, Daniil, and I have all been uh, available and continue to be available up to the date and time of the podcast. And we're super excited to be here together and to be here with the superintendents from East and West Grand School Districts. We are continuing in our effort to get you all inspired about um, innovative collaborative solutions or efforts on the ground around work-based learning, college and career readiness, um, and all those critically important uh, programs for our kids. We think the time is right as we are seeing at least the $15 million coming down from the Department of Education for rural schools to come together around this work. So we are super excited to have two of our leaders here today. We thank you both so much for taking the time out. We know that you are swamped. Um, I will tell we have Liz Bauer from the West Grand School District, the superintendent there, and Frank Reeves, who's been with us before, the superintendent for the East Grand School District. So Liz, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your time in the district, and then tell us about your district. How big are you, where are you, that sort of thing. Sure, perfect, thank you, Michelle. So Liz Bauer, West Grand Superintendent and High School Principal. Um, West Grand is in Kremlin, Colorado. Um, Grand County nestled in between all, lots of ski resorts. Uh, we're a really good place to, to pass through, right? Um, but we have a great coffee shop. Um, our school district is small, rural. Uh, we have 390 students um, in our school district and that is K-12. So we have a K-8 building, we have a high school building, and we also have um, early childhood center, which is something that was also opened in the past couple of years throughout the pandemic. And um, we have 17 little kiddos in our in our daycare right now, which is pretty awesome. So that's that's really our, our school district, our, our town. We have the one stoplight. Our major employers in our town is the school district, as well as our uh, medical center and Henderson Mill. So that's West Grand. Great. Thanks. We'll kick it over to you. Tell us about East Grand. Obviously, both you are the two school districts in Grand County, correct? Yes, we are. And, and so our, our geographically, our, our districts are huge, um, larger than like Rhode Island, I think it feels like. Um, and, and Liz, don't downplay Kremling so much that it's totally a pass through town because the co Big Shooter's coffee is like the best coffee ever. So. Um, it's a good place to stop. Um, East Grand is is we're the big we're the big boys on on campus. Um, we have about thirteen hundred and fifty students, uh, four hundred in the high school, and uh, we make up pretty much the, the obviously the eastern side of Grand County. So we're while while Liz and 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 West Grand are really a lot more agricultural and a lot more um, really that we we're more touristy. Um, we. Our district is Grand Lake, um, which is the entrance to the western entrance to Rocky Mountain National Park. That you know, in, in the winter there's about 200 people there, and in the summer there's about 20,000 people there. Um, and and we also have Winter Park Ski Resort. Um, and so uh, we were very touristy, um, and and that's what makes up uh, our district. Most of our most of our families are are work in the service industry. 
Um, we have tons of mom and pop businesses. We don't have big box stores. Um, it's it's a great place to visit, and that's why you know literally people come here that have saved all year to take take a week's vacation, and and so that's what our our kids and our our families um, work in the industry to take care of those people. So um, that's with with homegrown talent and 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 really talking about you know the the school to career pipeline. Um, that's that's really been our focus is how do we how do we provide our communities with with a future you know a future workforce that that fits our communities so yeah so as we're talking about collaborative partnerships and kind of investigating the different models that districts are using across the state to really do this work in partnership. Talk to us a little bit more about the Homegrown Talent Initiative, what it stands for, what, what's actually involved and how your partnership came about. I'll start, Liz, and then, then you can chime in. Um, I think our partnership started even before the Homegrown Talent Initiative. Um, I came here six years ago and almost immediately um, we were working on a grant um, through the Daniels Fund uh, that that started our partnership and 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 really we were trying in every which way, shape, or form to get some traction on building CTE programs and and really look at how do we get our kids outside of our buildings into internships, into job shadows, into whatever we can so they get exposed to the work that is available to them in Grand County. Um, and so that even going back as far as five years ago, um, we were trying, but we couldn't, to be honest, we couldn't get any traction. And then CEI came to us with, with the, I guess the um, option to, to apply for, for Homegrown Talent Initiative. And we jumped at that. Um, it was interesting. I remember Alex Carter in a, in a case, case meeting in Breckenridge saying, Frank, let's have coffee. And um, I said, can I bring Darren along? Darren Papard at that time was, was I think in his first year at, at uh, West Grand. And it's like, can I bring him along? Cause we're already doing this. We just, we haven't found a way to make it work. And so with, with the Homegrown Talent Initiative and CEI's help and quite honestly, Colorado Succeeds has been a huge, not just fiscal partner, but their guidance um, in understanding the business world and, and the school to business world has really helped. Um, so we spent a year planning, um, really literally a whole year before we implemented anything um, in the planning stages. And we have volumes of plans that were made and then remade and then remade as we worked through it. But having the outside experience um, to help us has been a huge key in, in, in making it successful. The other piece that, that I always say is, is really helped um, from, from the outside, from CEI and, and Succeeds has been that um, they have deadlines for us that we have to reach, mm -hmm. right? And, and so it's not just make a plan and whenever you get it done, submit it. It's like, here's your deadline for this. Here's the next deadline. Here's the next deadline. And, and I think we all know as superintendents that if we don't have deadlines, we tend to put things off because it's just prioritizing, right? And so that having that plan has really helped us implement this. So um, that's that's really how we got started was I think we we started down the HTI road three years ago. Um, and we're now 
kind of in in full force. We have a lot more work to do, but at least we're we we feel good about where we are. Liz, yeah, and I would say I would echo that. I've I've been in the district for eleven years, and so I got to be a part as a principal um, working through the, this other grant and trying meeting upon meeting upon plan upon plan, trying to get this work done. And we would meet together as districts, but then we would do the work separately. And, you know, one of the things with Homegrown Talent Initiative has really been about capacity building for us as well. Mm-hmm. That not only are they holding our feet to the fire with deadlines and plans and templates and support and all those pieces, but then really continuing to bring us back together to say, okay, how does this work together? How, how are you doing? And while we have very different districts, you know, we are Grand County, and I think that's important. That collaboration piece and capacity building for both of our districts has been an important piece to really getting this HTI work off the ground instead of just plans. Great. Great. So talk to us a little bit, uh, help everyone understand more about what pathways have you all created jointly? And then also um, the portrait of a graduate and how does that fit in to the work that you guys are doing? Love to hear more about that. Well, so I, um, with our career pathways, you know, that's, again, something both school districts had already been pursuing with our CTE programs and CTE really fits into this work, but it this work expands that. Um, it, for example, we have a CNA pathway certification course. Um, we, we've partnered our, our school nurse, our district nurse teaches that class, and we have East Grand students that come over to Kremlin to be a part of that. Um, vice versa, East Grand has EMT, and so we have a couple students that drive over to Granby to be a part of that. So really, um, expanding our options because, you know, for Kremlin, agriculture, as Frank had mentioned, is, is a big piece. We have a great FFA program, you know, um, that's something East Grand doesn't have, but we've talked about how can we offer these options to our students and this, people don't have to choose East Grand versus West Grand, right? They can still be East Grand students and we can, they can be a part of our programs type of thing. And I think that's only going to expand as we continue this work. Um, so that's been that's a been a big benefit for all of us. Mm-hmm. A, a big part of the work is is so we each each school developed um, our our graduate profile, mm-hmm. and and West Grand has a, the profile of a learner, and you can see it behind. Well, it's behind Liz right now, um, and and ours is a uh, a graduate profile, um, and and together though the the profiles are really the same. Um, they're, they're different words and maybe a little different description, but it's, it's saying that when our kids graduate, they're going to have all these experiences. And, and through those experiences, they're going to gain, you know, these traits. They're, they're going to be critical thinkers. They're, they're going to be lifelong learners um, because they've had these opportunities to, to go experience it outside the school walls. Um, and, and sometimes it's inside the school walls where we're bringing people, but the, the whole idea of, of HTI is to build what we're calling an edge economy, which means our schools are part of our community's economy. Um, we all know it is, but typically schools are, you know, that big building up on the hill that has all these walls that, that the community never goes inside except for a game and our kids never come outside except for summer. And, and trying to really tear down those walls and say, you know, hey, we're a part of the community. We're not just economically a part of the community, 
but we're a part of the the fabric of the community and and when you go on Wednesday afternoon down to the coffee shop, I want you to see our kids. And they may be drinking coffee or they may be working, mm -hmm. but our kids need to be a part of the community much like that. And, and, you know, I go back to, I've been doing this for 30 years. And I remember the first time I was in Powell, Wyoming teaching and I took a plan period and I went downtown and it was like, oh, this is what life's like outside of school. I mean, had no idea, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how, why? why are we so separate? So, so the idea of, of really bringing that edge economy to life and making our schools a part of our community and our community a part of our schools um, has brought about, I, I think just, it's really opened our community's eyes. Um, and then when we, when, when we work with West Grand, who quite honestly, yeah, our schools aren't even close to the same size, but we're rivals. I mean, it's just, it's natural, right? We're the two districts in Grand County. We're the two high schools in Grand County. We like to beat up on each other, but by this partnership, our communities, it's brought our communities closer um, where, where they, they became more aligned um, in doing what's best for our kids instead of, you know, not, let's not help East Grand kids over in West Grand. It's like, you know, bull crap. Let's help all our kids become, become better in every which way we can. So it, it's really... It's just been, quite honestly, it's been probably the most rewarding um, thing I've done in education. So um, it's exciting. I, I often talk about the HGI project is the first time I've ever gotten calls from superintendents to tell me how great work on a grant has been. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. I, you, you alluded to it, but can you talk a little bit about the community's response to this and the conversations and are we starting to see more kids out in the community when we go out and like what is it where we are I think three years in now is that right yep. um and it I we're realizing too that the pandemic must have really impacted the progress of the work and maybe not but talk about the community's response and where we are what does it look like now well and I you know one of the pieces I think this project has helped during COVID because in the pandemic, because we had to be so isolated, right? We had to really, we shut down schools, right? Across the state. And this work though, allowed us to continue to connect with our community. And, you know, while maybe remote learning was happening in a school, they still got to be out in the community in their internships, you know? And so it was, it was a powerful way to continue to connect and also a great way for us to reconnect um, with, with the pandemic or with everything in society, right? That we can focus on students and community being partners. And, and this work, like our profiles, we brought in everybody for that, right? It wasn't created by in isolation, it was created, co-created with our students, with our staff, with our board of education, with our community members. And I know Frank did the same thing, that it wasn't done in isolation, but it, it's been done with our community the whole way. And really the, the pandemic has forced us to continue to get out of our school, right? And, and to be in the community even more. And I think that's a, our HTI work has been a powerful within the pandemic. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, Liz is exactly right. It, it gave us, again, almost forced us to stay tied to our community, even when our either our schools were closed or, you know, we were both open all last year, 
but we weren't allowing people in. And we really didn't want our kids to go out. Shoot, we closed campus for lunch. I mean, we, you know, any risk at all, we tried to take, take out of the equation, yet we still managed to, to continue our work. It did limit us, Michelle. I think our goal last year was to have 100 kids um, do an internship. And, and I think we ended up, Liz, is it like 80 some yeah. last year um, total? Year. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Where are we this year? And it built, well, just a second. Last year, I think we built 40 some odd business partnerships um, wow. that, that took our kids. This year, we're over 80 business partnerships wow. to, this, to, to this point. And I don't even know what our numbers are. It's, it's I know well there's a waiting list for kids to do internships. Yeah. So um, is CEI providing the support between the employers and the schools because I, we know that there's always questions that come up and you know contracts that need to be considered and things like that is CEI providing that support as well not really I mean they they provided that they're always on the back end of everything and and anything we need like we can we can get a hold of them and they'll either provide that support or put us in touch with people that first year of planning we went to um, different sites. We went to Canyon City that just already has a great program in place. And so we learned from them. Um, they have all the forms we needed. They had, you know, and so we, we did what any good educator does. We stole from everybody we could um, and, and, and had those. So we, we have those things in place. We have to modify them to fit Grand County and, and do that, those things. But um, that, that's the other biggest piece. You talk about us getting out in the community. Um, our business partners, we, one thing we said all along is we have to make this value added for them. It can't be, please do this for us and for our kids, but, but nothing in return for you. And, and we feel like by, by helping them provide some training and even, even in the forms they fill out and the, the evaluations they do of kids, it's kind of helping them uh, with onboarding and, and evaluation of their own employees. Um, like I said, it's all mom and pop stores here. Um, and businesses and so most of them have like less than five or ten employees um and so it's it, and and in a place that we're like the rest of colorado and maybe even exaggerated um because of our economy we have we have a huge shortage of employees and and so the better they can learn to onboard employees the better they can learn to to evaluate and keep employees the better it is for them and so trying to really make it value added on top of, you know, just our, our kids getting that experience. Um, Michelle, and kind of getting really directly back to your question, East Grand this year passed an $85 million bond. Um, it's for a new elementary school, that's the primary purpose, but I don't believe we would have passed the bond except for we're also building a CTE center um, outside of our high school. And, and that, everywhere we went for community meetings, um, everyone we talked to is like, yeah, I understand you need new elementary school. What are you doing about CT? You know, and, and, and this HTI and, and the community support we have behind it, the board support we have behind it is what passed the bond. Um, and, and I don't think without it, um, everyone knows we need to, to expand our, our career programming. Um, but I don't, I don't think we would have passed the bond. I, I really don't. So it's, it's meant that much to our community. Um, our, our director, Stacy Starr, our, our homegrown talent director, is pretty nervous because our funding ends this year. And she's like, what are we gonna do and how are we gonna do it? And it's like, our, I know our board and community will not let us stop. 
I mean, if we have to fund it ourselves, that's what we'll do because it's become that important, um, not just to our, our school and kids, but it's become that important to our community. I would like to say that that coordinator, uh, Stacy, she shared between both districts, um, which I think Frank and I both recognize we want our own, right? Like we, yeah. that capacity that we've built that up that each district really needs to support our own. But, you know, that has been supported by CEI in terms of they have coaching for her and meetings. And just like for us as superintendents, just the coaching pieces, the support, and, you know, of course the financial support too has been a big piece of being able to have that capacity building. And so um, I also think too, her work of being out there this year, I've, I've had, you know, I think it was two weeks ago, I had three different people say, oh, I love that HTI work. Oh, I love that HTI work, you know, and we've tried to get away from saying like HTI because people are like, well, what is homegrown talent initiative, right? But it's really about preparing our students. And that's the work that schools should be doing. And, and so trying to change that, that language, like, yes, we're doing the HTI work, but we're doing schoolwork. We're, we're doing college and career um, preparation, experiences, exploration, and getting our students out into the community. And so really trying to rebrand what HTI, it's just, that's the work we do. And for Stacy, it's, it, I mean, it's been a challenge and it, it, it really is. She goes district to district. We are still two very different districts. Um, she works in buildings with very different staffs. Um, and, and quite honestly, not all staff supports her all the time um, because we're, you know, sometimes pulling kids out of an academic class um, to, to take them down to meet a business partner, you know, whatever that may be. There's, there's not a hundred percent support um, in our buildings. And, and so, it has been clunky and, and, and that, but it, it's, and we probably will, we'll probably hire another person to, to work with Stacy as a, as a director. But the one thing I, I, I continuously tell Stacy is I'm not pulling you out of West Grand. So you're only working in East Grand. There will always be that partnership. Cause I think that's what, that's the strength of this program. That's the strength to our community. Um, a community. And I say community as one community as, as, as Grand County. Is, is that we are partners and that we make it work. Um, if I can give a quick example, our CT building, so we have to, we have to decide what are our pathways, you know, what are we gonna put in that building? And career, I wish we had unlimited space and could put at, you know, every career under the sun, but we don't. And, and, and we pulled our kids and cosmetology is huge. Um, it, it's one of the top two or three things our kids wanna, wanna do. And as we look at that, it's like, heck, there's, already a cosmetology, what do you call it, Liz? Presence. <laughs> yeah, presence in, in West Grand. So why would we why would we take up space and square footage to put cosmetology in a, in a CT center when it's already in West Grand and we can send our kids over there? And so it's, you know, I've, I've been asked that, well, I don't see cosmetology as part of that building. It's like, no, because our partner is West Grand and, and you know, we can, we'll send kids over there just like they'll send kids over to, to our programs that we do put in there. So it's really, you know, we, we can take 11,000 square foot and now make it 20,000 square foot because of the partnership. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, there's no way we can, we, we can afford to lose that and go it on our own and be successful. And I think too, you, you know, Frank, you spoke a little bit to the clunkiness and the challenges we're going to continue to have those challenges, especially, you know, continuing to work together. Transportation is a huge challenge just within our own communities, but then also sharing, 
each other, but in our different schedules, right? Our our high school has a very interesting schedule that <laughs> it's hard to match up to. We have like a modified block and I know East Grand has like that true four by four block. And so, but at the same time, we've been able to work through those challenges and really think creatively instead of just black and white, here's what it looks like. Like, okay, so how can we do this, right? And neither of us are changing our schedules for, for each other right? We're still making decisions on what's best for our own communities and school districts, but then continuing to say, okay, how do we do this then? Yeah, this is such a great conversation. I'm so glad that you guys were able to join us today and talk about this. I think there are so many parallels between this work and other work that's happening across the state. So as we wrap up, a couple more questions as we as we close it out today. So I think right now in education, we're in one of the most challenging environments. Um, the educational landscape, as you well know, is just, it has been unpredictable. It's, there are so many unknowns. Um, how have you prioritized this work? What is your advice for leaders who are wanting to develop these types of partnerships as they move forward? I would say, and, and I go back to, to when we started this work with, with CEI and, and what we didn't have traction on before, but, but we now have traction is, um, it started with Darren and I, but it, I mean, we, we gave it off to our principals and Liz still is a principal. Um, and I do have to say, we both, both have rockstar principals. Um, our high school principal and, and Liz, they work together like it's so much fun to watch them together it's like that that is the most dynamic duo i think i've ever seen in leadership and and, and what they do to make sure things get done and how creatively they work together and think and even when they disagree it's still like something great is going to come out of this um and so it was it was i i think darren and i said this is going to happen that that was really it and then then handed it off to, to great people. But I, I do think it, it, you have to have that buy-in. Um, you have to have the buy-in from, from the leadership, from the superintendent level. And then you have to get community buy-in. And, and, and ultimately, if, if we wouldn't have got community buy-in, we wouldn't be doing this, right? And, and if anything's worth doing, I think, especially in rural areas, the community is gonna support it. And, and, and you're gonna find out if it's worth doing or not by that community support. And so it became very clear very quickly, um, like our first community meeting that, that we had up here where, where we had CEI and we brought in county commissioners and we brought in city government people, we brought in business owners, um, how much buy-in there was to it. And, and really since then it's, yeah, I think Liz is right. I don't really go anywhere in town where someone's not asking me or, or asking like, hey, do you got a kid that can come and, you know, come in and work for us and do this? So. Um, that's, that's been, it's just been really cool, but yeah, I think it, you know, it, it takes someone in, in leadership to say we're doing this and then the community's going to support it. And I, I would just add like, and I know this is something we, we need to maybe, you know, do a little bit better job of, but telling our successes, we have so many good things happening in schools all over the place. And a lot of times we're focusing on the things we want to improve on and growth and accountability. But man, when these students get up there and they present to our community what they're doing, 
it's awesome. Like that's where they shine. And that's the story we need to get out to everyone, our, our, our parents, our community and the state. Like there's some really great things happening in schools. That's a, a perfect, perfect wrap up, Liz. And that's really what this podcast and this conversation is all about, right? So thank you both um, so much for being here. Thank you for your leadership on the ground and thank you for your willingness to share and inspire others. Hopefully this is the first of many opportunities to, to share both the challenges and the successes. And what I hear from both of you is, heck, it's worth it. I mean, the numbers that you quoted, doubling them, especially in times like that, that's just remarkable. So thank you both. Thank you. Appreciate it. And Liz, we got through this whole podcast without really saying who we are. Mm -hmm. So we're not just West Grand. We're not just East Grand. We are the Grand. The Grand. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. Thank you all so much.